Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. Here's to new beginnings. Be a queen, not a pawn. I'm Allison Langer. I'm Zarina Fry. I'm Andrea Askwitz, and this is Writing Class Radio. You'll hear true personal stories and learn how to write your own stories. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. By heart, we mean the craft of writing. No, we don't. By heart, we mean the truth in a story. By (laughs) heart, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit. (laughs) There's no place in the world like writing class, and we want to bring you in. Today on our show, we bring you a story by one of my seventh grade students. I just spent two months teaching English to seventh and eighth graders at a private school in Miami. And because I'm me, I assigned personal essay after personal essay. Yay. Right? Yeah. So what I learned from their essays was how their parents got to the United States, intercultural relationships that their parents have, either, you know, marriages or friendships. I learned about their nannies and I learned about the foods they like. But what I didn't learn was anything about the student because these kids did not want to be personal. They did not want to get vulnerable. And I don't know why I was so surprised because I did the same thing When I started writing, you don't want to put yourself out there on the table. So I don't really blame them. So this contest was for Hispanic Heritage Month at school. It was really meant to help, you know, the the Hispanic kids to be able to share their culture and their heritage. But what I wanted them to do is write a personal essay. And so I made the contest mandatory instead of optional, because I think it's really important, even when you think you don't have any relationship to whatever the topic is, I always feel like you can write a good essay. So what ended up happening was we started this essay in class and all the students were like, I don't know what to write about. I don't have any Hispanic culture, including Weber. And I said to him and everyone, then write about that. When it was time to turn it in, he, Weber, gives me this insane essay that I was totally blown away with. And I urged him to please submit it. Please, please, please. And he did. And he won. He won. won. He won. I didn't know he won. Yes. He won. Oh my God. Of course he won. (laughs) Really? Well, oh, I was okay. Two or three or four of the stories were really well written. Actually, even maybe two handfuls of stories really, really well written, which was shocking to me because you know, writing and grammar is not hot. Like there's not a lot of time in the curriculum for that. And they, by the time they're working their way through high school, they are getting more and more of it. But at this age, they're sort of still sending, you know, writing like they text. And also, like you said, they have trouble writing about themselves as so many people do. Yeah. And trying to get the A and what do I say and what's the right answer? And they're just not creative and their, their brains are just flooded with so much need to do and useless information and also important information that they're trying to learn in math and Spanish and all these things that they're learning in school. Like one more thing to try to be creative. That takes time and space. Courage. Courage. Yeah. 
anyway, I was so proud that he won it. And um, I was proud of the other kids too, who really did talk about what the culture around does for them. And they, there were many other students that stood out, but Weber's essay was amazing for a reason why we get to, when we discuss the essay in the end, just kind of his process and what that brought out. So after the essay, you'll hear, hear us discussing that. I just want to also say that I did nothing to this essay. Like, you know, I'm an over editor. I learned that from you, Andrea. And I always You're have- not as bad. No, I don't think you're an over editor. Okay. So, but we always have our own opinions about how things should be written and how they should be worded and what's missing. And I literally had zero, zero edits on this. He came to the table with this himself. That's saying something. <laughs> Weber is a 12-year-old student at Ransom Everglades Middle School in Coconut Grove, Florida. We'll be back with Weber's story after the break. I'm Allison Langer, and every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern Time, I host First Draft. It's a class, kinda, because you'll get a little bit of instruction, but mostly it's a group where you come together with other writers online, write to a prompt and share what you wrote. It's the only way to get better. Come join me. Check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com or go to patreon.com slash writingclassradio to learn more. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. We're back. I'm Zarina Fry, and this is Writing Class Radio. Here's Weber reading his story called The Bossa Nova. I have to be honest, this was a challenging assignment. I will admit that this is one of the first times, if not the first, that I had to think about the influence of Hispanic heritage in my life. It would be easier to list the names of places or foods or pop culture icons that have Hispanic roots and origin. However, as to think of the influence in my everyday life, I came up empty. Most Americans probably do not consider the effect that Hispanic heritage has on their daily life. This only emphasizes the importance of this month as it allows me and many others to learn about Hispanic culture. Being pushed to think about how Hispanic heritage impacts my life made me wonder where I see examples of other cultures. To help myself think and brainstorm, I did what I always do and sat down at my piano. This is how I often develop thoughts and ideas. As I was playing, I realized something. At a young age, I fell in love with improvising and jazz music. One of my favorite styles of jazz music is the bossa nova. It suddenly occurred to me how this style was influenced by Hispanic culture. Bossa Nova is a combination of jazz set to a samba rhythm. The Bossa Nova story began in the 1950s when artists such as bebop trumpeter Dizzy Gillespie and percussionist Cheno Pozo brought Hispanic rhythms and Afro-Cuban instruments into the New York City jazz scene. Bringing these instruments into the United States sparked a new type of music called the Bossa Nova. Using influences from jazz music found in the United States and Afro-Cuban, Latin American, and samba music, the bossa nova was created. In reading about Latin American influence on jazz, I came across an interesting quote about jazz from jazz musician Sally Roll Morton. He said that jazz was born with a Spanish tinge. 
bossa nova uses more unique chords, creating a rhythmic beat based on a foundational clave. Claves are the foundation of a bossa nova and are found in almost every song using Afro-Cuban rhythms. Keeping time, claves often act as metronomes to help musicians communicate and stay on the beat. In the past 50 years, the bossa nova style has evolved with artists such as Stan Getz, Astrid Gilberto, Celia Cruz, and more. For me, this music has a unique style. I love the fun rhythms and distinctive instruments, and now I have realized a rich history. I've learned to play several songs with the bossa nova influence, and they are always challenging, but wonderful. Some of my favorite bossa nova pieces include the well-known Girl of Ipanema and the jazz standard Blue Bossa. Although I started this assignment feeling confused and frustrated, I have to admit that now I feel grateful. I've discovered that something I do every day and feel passionate about is influenced by Hispanic culture. The bossa nova is a unique musical style I never realized was of Hispanic origin. Now, every time I sit by the piano, I will be reminded that Hispanic heritage is more than just arepas y empanadas. I think this seventh grader is fucking brilliant. We're talking about a seventh grader. Do you think you can not cuss this once? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he'll listen? Yes, he's going to listen. Okay, this seventh grader is brilliant. First of all, we know that right away he sits down at his piano when he's trying to like think. All right. So I'm already like, whoa, special kid. Very special. That's so cool. And then he taught me so much. Ugh. Had you ever heard of the Bossa Nova before this? No. No, but I've heard of Celia Cruz. So then I felt cool. I knew Dizzy Gillespie. Same. We are idiots. <laughs> oh, I've heard of Arepas. Oh, very mm-hmm. funny. Um, and the girl of Ipanema. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's not talk about how dumb we are. Wasn't that a dog grooming place in Coral Gables at some point? There is a dog place called the dog of Ipanema, but See? that's different. <laughs> but, but what I think is so cool is that this kid has so much knowledge of something we don't know anything about. Mm. And I often feel that kids are, oh, you're just a kid. You're kind of ignored. You know, they think you don't know anything, but that's so not true. And I wanted the reason why this was so important for me to bring to the podcast and to share with you guys and all our listeners and everything is because I want people to start paying attention and learning and listening to these kids because that's encouragement to them. And we get to learn something in the process. Dang, Allison, you're like a kid advocate now. Get a job as a middle school teacher and like you turn into a kid advocate. Well, well, you do. Not all kids are like him. He's very unique, very special. And he cares. He really I wouldn't say any of them are really excited about this assignment. So like I mentioned at the top, it was an essay contest at his middle school, the where I was substitute teaching and It was optional for the kids, but not for me because I was teaching English. And I said, guys, we're going to all do this essay. It's short, 500 words, like the whole thing. But I really want you guys to practice. And this was the perfect opportunity. And I was just with this essay and a couple other ones too, blown away. I'm blown away. Um, I want to start from the top and just like go through it because this kid did everything we want our students to do 
in terms of essay writing. Like he starts in one place and then he comes to a new place by the end. So he starts by saying that he, like, to be honest, this was a really difficult assignment. Like I, this was the first time this Hispanic kid was forced to think about, is he Hispanic? No, oh, he's, no, he's not Hispanic. I thought he was. What do you think, Serena? I thought he was. Yeah, I just figured he was. No, and this is going to make more sense. It was during Hispanic Heritage Month that mm-hmm. this school assigned this essay. And I feel like it was geared to people to share their own Hispanic heritage with others. But what I always think is cool is somebody who has nothing to do with the situation having empathy. Well, he thinks he has nothing to do with the situation, but he has everything to do with it, which is why I actually thought he was Hispanic. I just thought that he was Hispanic kid. He wasn't really that in touch with his roots at all. And then he sits down at the piano and he's like, oh my God, wait a minute. The songs I've been practicing and playing my whole life up until now at this (laughs) ripe age of um, 12 12. are influenced by Hispanic culture. And then, then he did that thing that you just talked about, which is like he taught us all about bossa nova and a little bit about jazz. And I'm like, wow, oh, oh my God. And then he goes from being confused to grateful that he realizes that like, yeah, He's like, it's inside him. That's why I thought he, I don't know why I'm bummed out that he's not Hispanic, but that's why I thought he was Hispanic. Cause like this it's in him. And I think it's even more beautiful that he's not because, you know, it goes to say like, how can one person write about something that they don't have knowledge about? So that happens in, in writing and trying to get published and trying to get an editor and trying to get your book out into the world. I mean, I've run into that with my novel, right? Oh, you're bringing that in? Of course I have to, because it's true. They say, well, what do you know about an African-American kid in prison? Because my story is about injustice. Well, just because I don't, I'm not that person doesn't mean I haven't seen the injustice and experienced it through the people that I communicate with. But here's a kid who has no Hispanic blood, who's appreciating something and a culture that he wasn't born into. And I think that's so beautiful. I'm waiting for Zarina to go off. <laughs> what can I say about this story? I mean, th- this is a child who is, um, who's viewing the world, but he's viewing the world like we, everyone should. But I felt like I was being taken to task. I, I don't know any of these people. Well, you were saying, to, you were saying earlier, Allison, that... Um, And we've seen this a million times with whenever we give a prompt in class, like some people get so stuck. So with the prompt was Spanish Heritage Month. And then this guy was like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? But then he like relaxed. You can tell that he relaxed. And maybe what he did was he just kept writing, which is something that we tell our students. Like if you get stuck, I love to say, like, if you get stuck, just say, right, just keep writing, like keep moving your pen. What next? What next? And it feels to me like he did that until he got to his piano and then he busted out with what he knows about how Hispanic culture has influenced the music he plays. I loved the lessons learned here. I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh, what? Really? Very cool. You know, what I thought was really cool about this is that, um, and goes to your point, Often we don't know what we're feeling or thinking until we start writing. And then all of a sudden, all the stuff comes out. 
So you can either go into an essay going, okay, I kind of know the arc already. And some you're just like, well, I'm just going to see where this goes. And I thought this kind of happened with this because he, we started these in class, right? I wanted to give class time. I remember he walked up, he said, I, I'm not Hispanic and I don't know what to write about. And I said, then write about that. Good. That's it. Right. And he said, okay. And, you know, and then did it and then finished it at home and then handed me this. And I was just like, wow. And after I read 50 of these essays, and this one stood out so much because it was not as literal. And I think that's what the interesting thing for us to remember is, is when people give a prompt, they don't necessarily need the literal response to the prompt. It can be anything. However, you your mind works, the creativity behind it, once you start writing. There's something really fun about being in writing class where everyone gets the same prompt and then oh my God, I can't believe that person wrote about that or that or that or that. And it's like, we all kind of, all of our stories are like hovering around that prompt sometimes. But sometimes the what comes out has nothing to do with the prompt or you don't even know what the prompt is. And I always say to our class, it doesn't matter what the prompt is. So it really doesn't. This kid, it seemed like once you told him to just write about how he doesn't, think he has anything to write about with on this topic seem to just let loose. And that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it just really shows just how one should look at society. You guys mentioned this before, um, just about him going to his piano. Um, But I want to go a little bit deeper into that because I mean, he says it very plainly to help myself think and brainstorm. I did what I always do. I sat down at my piano. This is how I develop thoughts and ideas. I mean, this is something that every writer should look at. We all don't have to play the piano, but if we're stumped, usually what I tell the writers in my first draft class is just to keep writing right? That's what we all say, you know, you think you're done, you're not, just keep writing. But Weber here goes to another art form. That's just so beautiful. The fact that he was just able to do like a dump where he just let himself focus on the thing that he knows well and let his mind just explore. And then it says, and as I was playing, I realized something. So that's just something I think that every um, every listener ought to just take a look at. It doesn't necessarily have to be playing the piano. It could be, you know, exercising. It could just... Yeah, Zarita, I want to tell you, I do my best writing on my bicycle. I mean, people think I'm just like tooling around town, but I'm not. I am working. Yeah, I know. I've seen you on your bike and I'm like, look at that girl tooling around town. That's exactly what I said. You have to think, look at that woman practicing her art, being creative, writing. I've said that too. But this is something that I think this guy's, this kid's generation really doesn't do enough of is just stop, turn everything off and just get into it. Whether it's just looking out the window or taking a shower, you know, like I do all my best thinking in the shower or in the car with no radio on or taking a walk with no music. Like if we can shut everything off for a second, I think we hear things that we wouldn't otherwise hear. 
and we see people differently and we recognize things in ourselves. And I, I just wish that some of these kids and grownups too, me included, would just shut our electronics off for a minute. I agree with you. I'm wondering though right now, so Serena's saying that this kid went to another art form to get to this art form. But like, is biking an art form? Are sports an art form? And I actually think they are. I agree. I mean, is walking without anything? I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not sure if walking is an art form, but I'm, <laughs> I mean, like when you get into your body and you start moving and doing something, I mean, taking a shower is not quite an art form necessarily. It's just turning your brain off for a second, shutting off the stimulation. There's turning off and then there's also tuning in in a different way. So I guess there's both things that we're talking about right now. Like shush with everything, just be quiet and do something repetitive, do some motion, play the piano, get into a different art form so that you can like unlock your brain and write something awesome. Well, I mentioned that he's always doodling in class to pay attention. And a lot of kids want to keep their computers open because they're watching some soccer game or Googling something. But I knew with him from the first second when I saw his computer open and him doodling, I never said one word because I was like, many years ago when I took my own kid to the um, psychologist and the teachers were like, he's chewing on his pencils and he's chewing on his shirt. I, I learned at that point that that is how that, that rep, rep, repetition or doing something else with your hands or your mouth or something like that, even just chewing gum helps the, regulate the brain. And so for him, it's, it's the piano and it's doodling and it's really a positive thing. And I, I hope that there's educators out there that understand that this is a hundred percent necessary, even standing up, moving around for some kids is yeah. really important. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, this was so nice. I'm so glad we're able to get his story out. I, thank you, Weber, so much. And thank you to his parents who let him record for us. I'm so happy. Keep playing, Weber. All right. And thank you guys for listening. Here's to new beginnings. Writing Class Radio is hosted by me, Allison Langer. Me, Andrea Askowitz. And me, Zarina Fry. Audio production is by Matt Kundal, Evan Serminski, and Aiden Glassy at the Sound Off Media Company. The music is by Justina Chandler. There's more writing class on our website, writingclassradio.com, including stories we study, editing resources, video classes, writing retreats, and live online classes. Follow us on Patreon to join our first draft weekly writers group. You have the option to join me on Tuesdays, 12 to 1 Eastern time, and me, Zarina, Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. You'll write to a prompt and share what you wrote. If you're looking to take your writing to the next level, we have two second draft writing groups. Each week, three people get to bring in a finished draft for feedback. Join the community that comes together for instruction, an excuse to write, and most importantly, the support from other writers. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash writingclassradio. A new episode will drop every other Wednesday. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours?
produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.